It's time once again for another episode of the Buckhead Business Show. Being brought to you by the Buckhead Business Association. Broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel Studios in Atlanta. And now, here's your host for today's episode. Well, good morning, good morning, and good day, and good afternoon, even if you're listening to us a little later in the day. But today, we're on the uh, Buckhead Business Show here in this beautiful Buckhead community, and we've got uh, Rich Casanova on the keyboards, as we say. But we're not going to do music today. We're just going to do radio. We have brought the uh, ASCAP $250,000 license. Your your mama would be proud of it if we sent a check for that size to her account. account. But we've got some great guests this morning, and of course, I know that all of you have looked at the calendar this morning. And you realize that we're moving toward year end. And if you aren't totally prepared for the fourth quarter yet, we're going to give you one more chance today to wake up and process. We're going to talk a little bit about that positioning you have in the marketplace. We're going to talk a little bit about how you position yourself personally as a brand and how you position yourself as a company and how you broadcast your brand to the world. I mean, here at the the Buckhead Business Show and the uh, Pro Business Channel, we try to help people get the word out. And we make it evergreen. So it's going to be a lot of fun today. You're going to learn some new tricks and uh, we're going to get some treats in your process because how many of you have a perfect LinkedIn account? Ooh, I don't think anybody said perfect. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, well, think, I think there's one guy. No, that I, I, have I, got, I got a guest here that's uh, he's, he may up stages this morning because he's got a, not only a radio voice, but he's got, got experience in putting things out there. He's been going throughout the marketplace, but I've got uh, Greg Burkhalter, who is the call the LinkedIn guy. And we have CF uh, Jackson today, who is, uh, I'm going to call her the, uh, the video queen of ITV. And we're going to get to her a little bit later. But let's first off talk about personally what you're going to do and accomplish uh, here as you're sitting back, um, not eating leftovers yet unless you finish your Thanksgiving. But we are uh, going to talk about what you can do to clean up and, uh, and portray a better image to those on the Internet that are looking for you, looking about you, and looking to you uh, for information. I'm going to start out with Greg this morning. So Greg is a recognized authority in the personal branding in the LinkedIn marketplace. He's uh, had countless professionals be helped here in the U.S. and maybe even some globally. He's defined their personal brand to a newer, higher level. He spent the first part of his professional career, as I said earlier, he's been having a microphone close to him because he was in radio and he actually worked in the music industry. So here we've got a guy who understands what being popular means in terms of cold, hard cash. Uh, today, Greg is known as the LinkedIn guy here in the metropolitan Atlanta area. And of course, he, you may have caught him at some uh, uh, educational facilities you may have caught him at a business association you might have even seen him at the chamber of commerce doing one of those paid seminars which he does and if you were at the buckhead business association this morning i greg did you get about 50 cards people wanted you to call them by the way i was excited about the interview but when you invited me to the bba meeting this morning after attending that boy they're both two great events thank you michael hey well you know the buckhead business association is responsible for us being here along with pro business channel they're co sponsor of this process and make it possible for people in the Buckhead community to expand their horizons a little bit. So let's move into some of that. Now, LinkedIn is a pretty interesting product. It's, uh, I think it's been bought by one of those big companies recently. Tell me about that purchase and what does it mean to LinkedIn to be part of Microsoft? Well, I can tell you as the LinkedIn guy who doesn't work for Microsoft or LinkedIn, when I first heard the news that Microsoft had purchased LinkedIn, I got a little concerned. But I felt a little better when I got an email from Microsoft asking me to come down to the Microsoft store in Linux and do a workshop. So we've got that tension resolved <laughs> now. But uh, So what does it mean that Microsoft purchased LinkedIn for you? Well, that means that if you have a LinkedIn profile and you think you can stay under the radar, right. those days are over. Forget it. <laughs> As we speak right now, Microsoft is taking your LinkedIn information and rolling it out across every Office product. 
currently they're working this week on Outlook.com. They're creating something called a LinkedIn profile card. So when someone writes you an email or schedules an appointment with you, they have direct access to your LinkedIn information. That's only the beginning. Microsoft is also partnering with other third parties to make your information available outside of the LinkedIn realm. By the way, if you haven't browsed your privacy and settings area <laughs> on LinkedIn lately, what used to be a 30-second review is now a three- to five-minute review. You need to go through your privacy and settings. It scrolls forever. A lot of new settings there to look at. Well, we're going to, one of the questions I wanted to ask you today was about what you should do each day on LinkedIn, or is it important really to do something every day on LinkedIn, or can we just kind of wait to the end of the month and catch up? Well, one thing that happened in the uh, branding world and in the business world, too, in the last decade, it's not so much who you know or what you know, it's who knows you. So what you're trying to do on LinkedIn is be present enough that people recognize your value and can feel your personality, but not on there so much they go, who is this obnoxious person? Because if they ever say you're obnoxious, they can do two things that ruins that relationship. They can hide your updates and never see anything you do, and you don't know that. Or they can remove the connection. So, yeah, LinkedIn, you should be on every day. You want to be visible. One of the problems I see, though, is people don't really have a strategy on what they should be doing. Uh, the inherent nature of us as salespeople and proactive people is we want to get on there and show what we know. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens most of the time. But that is sort of like walking into the largest networking group in the world <laughs> and walking in and say, let me tell you what I know. On LinkedIn, nobody cares what you know until they know you care. So basically what I do every day on LinkedIn in this order, not any this is the order. Right, take it, notes, take notes now. Is I help people. I try to find someone who has shared information on my news feed that I can like or tag <coughs> a comment on to, to give them exposure in my network. Mm -hmm. The second thing I do is I grow my network. Because I've got this figure in my mind that I'm always referring to. That is, I believe that only 20% of the people on LinkedIn have a clue what they're doing. So remember how many connections you have. Figure 20% of that. If you're not growing your network, that's how many people potentially might see your information. You've got to always be growing your network. And the third thing I do every day on LinkedIn, and the thing that most people think is the first thing you do, is share information. Does share information mean writing a long blog post and being very creative? That's an occasional thing, but sharing a simple link to an article with a well-set-up sentence has tremendous exposure for your brand. But it's being consistent on what you're doing. That is the most important thing on LinkedIn, consistency and a strategy. Well, you mentioned a couple of things there I want to go back and kind of touch on for just a minute. You talked about making some new connections and looking at reasons why you're making those connections. So we all get... Uh, I think everybody gets them anyway, requests for connections. They just sometimes come out of the blue. Is there any logic or rhyme or reason to that other than just, just going down and looking for people by searching? We'll talk a little bit about searching and making new connections. Well, first of all, let's talk about the connections that come to you when people say, I want to connect with you. Uh, that happened to me in my early stages of LinkedIn, and I had to develop a strategy. What am I supposed to do here? <laughs> well, after using LinkedIn for a few years, I came up with four points that I ask myself anytime someone sends me an invite to connect. The first thing I ask myself is, can I help that person? Mm -hmm. Second thing I ask myself is, can they help me? And the third thing is something I don't believe most people even think about on LinkedIn, but it's part of my strategy on LinkedIn. I say to myself, is the person who is inviting me to connect right now, are they of high stature and highly recognized in their industry, even though they can do nothing for me? Because they might be a game changer for somebody in my network. So based on that, I will bring people into my network. And the fourth one is the one that's not so business-like, but it's reality. If a friend or a family member wants to connect, <laughs> that's a tough decision. So that's the four things I kind of ask myself. As for trying to define people to build connections with, 
what I'm looking for on LinkedIn is what I call a branding partner. A branding partner, my definition is someone that recognizes and respects your brand. Likewise, you recognize and respect their brand. And the two of you have an unspoken commitment to help each other grow your brand in the digital realm. How do you find that person? First of all, the person has to be active on LinkedIn. Right. So someone that has a profile doesn't mean they're going to be a branding partner. They have to be online with a strategy to be able to help you and you help them. And there are ways on LinkedIn where you can identify that. Well, now, you just hit on something as people, as you go through your series of the first three and the fourth, when we're not going to talk about family members because we can always unfriend them later on. Correct. <laughs> but as you look through uh, that process of trying to evaluate, you know, the quality of the writing, you said the well-structured sentences, the proper information and a proper order. Is there a how-to guide that uh, us poor people who maybe not be doing it right can go to? There really is not. LinkedIn has a great tutorial site for anything technology-related. It's called help.linkedin.com. <laughs> help.linkedin.com. Write that, that down. <laughs> that is the way I learned LinkedIn. But if you want to learn psychology and strategy, it's not there. That address is www.gregburkhalter.com. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And write that down, www. You know that old story. Uh, yeah. And it's, you mentioned that the information is kind of flowing from and through and back to and out through the Microsoft portal, I'll call for a moment. You know, you've, as you said, you were invited by Microsoft to come in and teach. So the respectability of LinkedIn, I guess they wouldn't have spent a whole bunch of money to get that brand if it wasn't going to be a potential long-term value. You know, is this really the professional network? And now let's talk a little bit about how more, much more professional you can make it. I mean, I know this is a premium version of LinkedIn, and some people are and some people aren't uh, participants in that. I mean, it's kind of like an upgrade, right? It's like first class? It is. A lot of times when I train people, they always want to know, do I need to get the paid version? And I'm reading through their words. What they're actually asking me is this. If I get the paid version, am I going to be more successful faster? The answer is no. Okay. LinkedIn, the foundation of LinkedIn is knowing how to use the free version. It's about building relationships, growing your personal brand. If I get you on the paid version of LinkedIn with its greater search capability, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to turn into a hunter. <laughs> you're going to start hunting for customers, hunting for people that can get you to a customer. If you're hunting on LinkedIn, your personal brand does not grow. You have to be fishing. That's how you grow your brand. Fishing is having the right bait. That's your LinkedIn profile. Right. A good fishing pole, which happens to be the whole LinkedIn system, is a great place to use for fishing. And you put your brand in the LinkedIn ocean, and you try to attract people to you. If you're fishing on LinkedIn, your brand will continue to grow, even if you don't currently have a job. If you're hunting on LinkedIn, and you stop hunting, and you're not fishing, Everything comes to a screeching halt. So it is a daily activity. It is a conscious strategy that you need to develop. Are there any uh, uh, procedural things that you need to avoid? First of all, it's the, all the tone of your voice. LinkedIn etiquette is not to get on there and be all about yourself. You have two kinds of pages on LinkedIn. You have the personal page, which is the powerhouse of LinkedIn, and you have a company page. What really happens sometimes is people get on their personal page and use the company page voice. The <laughs> personal page voice, by the way, is something like this. I'm helpful, I'm knowledgeable, and I'm humble. Nothing about self-promoting, nothing about trying to sell me anything. Company page is totally the opposite. I want to sell you something. Here's my pricing. Here's my discounts. When you use the wrong voice on the wrong medium, that's where the issue arises. So that's what I see most of all is people to understand the voice of LinkedIn. And also something I learned, too, LinkedIn is not an I channel. LinkedIn is an us channel. So if, when I see the word I on LinkedIn, it makes my hair stand up. If you'll notice me and you watch my activity, 
I have not used the word I in over four and a half years on LinkedIn. The only time I ever used the word I is when I wrote my summary and I threw I away. And you throw it just so you could identify and count them so you yeah, could be in this yeah, interview today, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> now, I think, I think the, uh, the man on the keyboard here has producer, a question yeah. for you. He's been taking copious notes. You can call me producer engineer. Uh, Rich Casanova here. You're listening to the Buckhead Business Show with your host, Michael Moore. Um, uh, with uh, Greg, Greg, you mentioned uh, about I. There's two I's, and you can't spell LinkedIn without two I's. So. <laughs> I'll agree with that. I'll agree. <laughs> um, but I do have a couple of serious questions on um, – uh, what about accepting, you know, is there a policy or general rule about accepting people or not? Because uh, I know I've had some previous gigs or jobs as other people have. And um, what I found is that it creates a lot of noise. And I've heard two different schools of thought, accept everybody and anybody, right? Mm. But then you know, I also heard someone very wisely say you can really only relate to about 50 people. The average person can only really balance about 50 real personal connections, right? So is it more is better? Why not? Or is it? be selective because uh and and on that note is that i've i've uh, um uh, accepted people from previous jobs and uh, careers and so and then they start you know it starts conversations that i don't have time to really interact with so what's your what's your thought on that well there are a lot of people on linkedin that think numbers do matter the yeah. number of connections matter those people are called lions <laughs> L, it's l-i-o-n right, right. linkedin open networker yeah that is not a linkedin term that's okay. a term that those people came up with I can tell you from the beginning that LinkedIn was not about numbers, and I can prove it to you one way. When you first see someone's profile on LinkedIn, uh -huh. it only says 500-plus on right. your connections. It's not about numbers. It's about quality of relationships, yeah. okay? Uh, one thing you have to consider when you connect with someone is, first of all, those four questions I just gave you. Yeah. If that person is connecting with me just to go through my address book, why am I connecting? But if that person has the opportunity to expose my brand and I have the opportunity to help them or possibly learn from that person by the information they're sharing, why would I not want to connect? And also, if you connect with someone, it's not like it's forever. You have the opportunity to discreetly remove that connection. And most people are not active enough on LinkedIn to even know when you remove the connection. So yeah. you're not tied into anything once you make that decision. Uh, see if you've got a comment there from LinkedIn. You've you've uh, you've been using it to help promote. Yes, the she product, did. So yeah, she did a great post for yeah. about the show on LinkedIn. Right, she yeah. did. Thank you. Yeah, and people like what you were saying about the inactivity of those who are on LinkedIn. I think sometimes it brings a challenge for me because you see someone who could be a great asset on vice and vice versa, but they're not really active. How can LinkedIn improve upon that? Where you come across somebody that just not on there regularly or you're trying to get that connection with somebody. Is there a way to really get them to open themselves up to LinkedIn a little bit better? I don't know if you've noticed or not. LinkedIn has totally redesigned the desktop and the cell phone. Mm -hmm. And it's starting to look more Facebooky as far as the way yeah. the layout is. That's one thing LinkedIn is doing to try to make it more familiar to most people. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think there's two kinds of LinkedIn relationships. There's a LinkedIn relationship for someone you're describing that may help you in what you're trying to do because they're active on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. But there's also another LinkedIn relationship. If you're connected to someone on LinkedIn and all they want to do is respond to you via LinkedIn Messenger, build a relationship inside of that. It doesn't have to be a visible relationship to have value. Mm -hmm. A lot of your higher level people are not going to be active on LinkedIn daily. They're too busy. But you might be able to maintain and nurture that relationship by losing, using Message Center to keep that conversation going. And, and a lot of people are using the message center to alert to the personal relationship via phone mm -hmm. or via pri private email. I know when you see the status process over on the right-hand side, you've got the ability sometimes to see their homepage differently, to see their maybe their cell phone or their mobile number, 
You've got the ability to look at their dossier online. I mean, there's a lot of tools that LinkedIn has changed over the years, and I know you've watched that every day. So let's talk about a couple of those, and then we're going to move on and talk about video and process. I was going to tell you briefly, one of the new things that LinkedIn added to be able to tell if someone is actually online and uh, actually an active user mm-hmm. is the little green dot next to their face. If you Nothing. see a solid green dot, that means that person is actually on the LinkedIn desktop at that time. Mm-hmm. And if you see a green dot with a white center, that person has the LinkedIn mobile app engaged. So that's two ways you can know. And I don't know if you noticed either in your messaging center of LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. if you haven't turned it off, when someone sends you a message inside of LinkedIn, they know when you open the email Mm -hmm. and they know you're replying. So LinkedIn is trying to create real-time conversation. What dot represents that they're going to transfer money into your account? (laughs) (laughs) It's the dot with the two lines coming (laughs) down. And it looks like it's green. I do have a couple other questions. Maybe we'll save for the roundtable if we have time. We do. We'll have that. And and Rick, one more time as we wrap up, Greg, how do they contact you? Because I know everybody's going to write this down this time. Okay. Uh, My website, gregburkhalter.com, which is my name. And I do have a LinkedIn profile I would love for you to visit. It's uh, linkedin.com forward slash I-N forward slash Greg Burkhalter and if I can ever help you please reach out and drop me a note well that's pretty simple so let's move on now and, uh, we, and we have a question from Facebook for the roundtable section as oh, well okay. here yeah okay well good we'll get you get that in the end as we as we wrap up CF Jackson I've known for a few years she's been out in the networking marketplace here in Atlanta and as Greg said it's uh, nice when people deliver a lot of value she's been working in the video space and she's worked on a neat product called I Define TV which is her brand She's got over 15 years of Internet experience and a combination of personal and business process. She has obtained a wealth of knowledge, and her team has just really gotten some valuable skills. Uh, they've learned from a lot of assorted ways to make the right and the wrong moves as we've grown video. And, I mean, we just can't believe what happen- has happened with video in terms of branding. So you uh, and your students are really action takers. I mean, you've shown people how to really propel their brand upward and uh, make it brighter as well as crisper. So we're going to look excited to talk about, share a little bit about how did you get into this space. I, I'm not going to call you the Roku queen, <laughs> but I know that you're proud of the way you can help people get introduced to the marketplace and really post their content. So, CF? Well, thank you for allowing me to be here this morning. Um, mainly, it goes back to all of us as being as children. Somewhere at some point in your life as a child, you want to be on some program, some TV <laughs> show, or something <laughs> as a kid, right? <laughs> And so, therefore, as times go on, you know, that was made for the super rich and the wealthy that, you know, in order to forget on to have a TV show or program or had some major dollars that you need to do that on your own. And some years ago, a friend brought to my mind, well, previous before that, actually a pastor, my pastor had mentioned Roku to me. I'm like, oh, okay, that's pretty cool. But me being a techie person, I decided to do a little bit more research. And I said, well, I'm going to get this one instead because this one does all these things not recognizing that the Roku was the leader. I wanted to get to Sony because I can do a network. I can do all these things. I can put my USB port into it. This is cool. And then it came to mind, too, as an entrepreneur, like rather than being a consumer of it, how can I utilize this platform to get on it? Because it's something totally different. I think a lot of um, entrepreneurs and small business owners are consumers of, of such things. So, again, the past I mentioned Roku, I went back to it, learned, I got a developer, and said, we can get on this, and how can I help others get on this device and stream themselves to a national and international TV audience? And taking that dream as a kid of having my own show or having others do their own show, and now it's not something that's for the super rich. It's for those who are small business owners, entrepreneurs, and those who are in a creative industry um, audience 24-7. Well, I, I remember growing up, it was the big deal to be on somebody's show, but, you know, it took a year to get on there just to be one of the kids in the crowd. <laughs> yeah. And so now you've allowed people to be the crowd. Yeah, you've nice. allowed them to bring their customers. You've allowed them to bring their content. And as Greg said, on the commercial side of LinkedIn, most people don't realize there's a lot of ways to get your video and audio out there mm-hmm. and, stream, and streaming process so it's available. And that's what we do here at Pro Business Channel. We help people make their brand 
very visible. So talk a little bit about that evolution of this iDirectTV, which is your, your game. Well, again, the thought was when creating the iDefined TV was like, think about it, it's television built by you. We've often been dealt what's given to us. And the mindset about iDefined TV, television built by you, now you can be build television, creating your content, creating your brand, creating your sense of authority and status and your creativity. So the thought was like, how can I help other people build television utilizing their content that they already have? So this is a great platform to do it. And it does not have to be saturated on internet because television it really hasn't it's changed in terms to the fact that TVs are getting bigger and smarter and slimmer, but the really game changes how the content is being transmitted to television. That's what's really causing a lot of problem right now in traditional television because this game changing technology is really causing some challenges with their their the income. Their income stream. Right. Now the, you, you the monetization of the process, which I think is one of the buzzwords for entrepreneurs, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I noticed this morning just drive, driving into the station there was that billboard. How big are billboards again? About 75 by 15 or 20 or whatever size they are. But it said YouTube.tv. Right. So you talk about change and you talk about evolution and growth. You know, years ago, people didn't even understand what a Roku was. Exactly. Now people like YouTube are trying to find ways to get into that income stream from the process. So things you've seen change in the marketplace and how people might get at least catch up or be with the new marketplace? Well, the really the big game changer, give you a, a good example, is ESPN. If you haven't heard, ESPN is in the process of laying off another hundred some odd people by the end of the year. And really, to give you insight of how this works, ESPN for you may be a cable um, subscriber, and no matter what, if you have ESPN one, two, or three, um, ESPN earns nine dollars and some change for every one of the subscribers, maybe Comcast or AT and T. But now you have the cord cutters. The cord cutters are those people who are no longer subscribing to cable anymore. They're utilizing these streaming devices, these streaming services to consume their content. And with that game set, now ESPN looking at they're losing out on money. They have they still have their expenses, the you know, you know, <laughs> these fees that they have, but then now they're losing out on the millions of billions of dollars that now people are cutting the cord to utilize these services. So with that said, now they're looking at what can we do? They're getting into the game. So now next year they're coming in and creating their own streaming device. Then on the other side, you have um, DirecTV slash AT&T, right? They're recognizing they're laying off like 200-some people, and they're recognizing that no longer is um, Dish or the Dish is the game. It's streaming. <laughs> it's the future. Who would have thought the Dish was, you know? So streaming is the future, and now they're getting into the streaming media device as well. So now a lot of things are changing because their monies are being affected because people are now taking the part that we can consume it how we want, where we want to do it without having to rely on major networks. Please hit me in my pocketbook so I'll pay attention. Right? Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and we're doing that to them every day. I mean, as you said, the cord cutters are changing society. And, and we uh, we went from TV antennas to TV cables to uh, <laughs> now the streaming devices. And pretty soon we're going to be 3D devices walking around, right? I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> so how does uh, – take me through a, a, a new customer for you, a new client, a new relationship of somebody who maybe – has been using LinkedIn and maybe they've been doing some Facebook videos. What, what do they do next to really push their brand up, 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 up channel a little bit? Sure. The main goal, and, and most people um, to understand, is that it's all about positioning you as the expert and authority to validate who you are, what you do, what your knowledge is, so people can understand who you are, your products, and your services. And it's not it's about, about a pitch. On, on YouTube, most times people spend no more than about 15 minutes per day, depends on who you are. The average person, you know, but uh, then you said I'm not average. Okay. <laughs> no, he's, he's above <laughs> average. Yeah, below average. <laughs> and then you have the the the, the, uh, the advanced users, more well, mostly Americans, spend between four or five hours per day in front of television. 
And with that said and done, you want to create content that's more substance, that's about 10, 15 minutes, where you want to position yourself. So the first game is to re- understand what is it you want to discuss, to position yourself as that expert and that authority, not just a snippet of two or three minute video. Sit down and create a series of some content where you can sit there and pos- position yourself as the expert and cover that. Um, you may want to go into um, to a production world where you can actually film it or you have someone come out, but sit something where it's presenting your brand. And at that point, you look at where you want to take it. Do you want to do local, national, international? So for us with iDefine TV, we look at we look at an, an international audience. Is your product or service is something that can touch a world? Are you an author, you're a speaker, or you have a product you can d- deliver through a consumer um, commerce, e-commerce way? That'd be a perfect fit because you can send your book, you can send your product, your service. If you're a consultant, you can consult by Skype, phone, or however you want to do it. But look at the different ways to take it and understand it, and as well as not only leveraging just Roku, but we look at it as marketing, social media, press releases, radio, and all avenues. Because sometimes people get kind of um, content in one way. I think a lot of people are getting content with just social media. Right now, TV isn't going anywhere, so therefore, come back to it and create a table that has four legs. And get all the different ways you can really monetize that and really scale your business that well way. Well, now, I, I thought three-legged tables stood up better, but we need to put, go back to four <laughs> legs. Huh? Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes you can wobble. Well, you get a little wobble. <laughs> well, wobble, wobble is good because then you figure out how to make it not wobble as much. So talking about that, uh, analytics is one of the biggest questions mm-hmm. that people ask. You know, when you walk in and say, hey, I can help you do – well, you know, the customer to go, well, how do I know <laughs> that you're going to help? So talk about the way that the analytics of your product and, the, and analytics that are available to people. Because, you know, and after all, obviously AT&T and everybody else has their analytics. Know, they know why things are changing. So how does the local small business owner who's getting into this product mm-hmm. really evaluate their steps? Exactly. Well, one of the analysts, one, of, of course, is having a good, strong call to action in, in whatever you're doing. So you got to have something that's going to be deemable. If you have an offer or something, that'd be key. But also, we do have analysts where we use um, um, Google Analytics in the back end. We can see how many um, views has watched your content, mm-hmm. how long. This puts you in control of that, and you can monitor that and not have to depend on someone else. Exactly. So, for example, we have, for example, I Define TV. Our top five viewing countries are United States, Canada, UK, Mexico, and Puerto Rico. You know, and then for our top five viewing cities, we have Johns Creek. We're proud of Atlanta area. Johns Creek is one of them. New York, um, Sacramento, and New York. I think they mentioned New York and um, Mount Pleasant. Some of the ones. So we look at we look at the numbers. Now, we'll be honest to be transparent. We don't have a what the ages are, you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. But we can tell you where they are, how long they're actually delving into your content, and then we can look at on our channel where they're going, where they're going to the next content, where they, how they're going throughout the different channels we have within iDefine TV. Well, you're beginning to gather that information. You can build on that information. I mean, analytics have to be ongoing, and it's not a snapshot. Snapshots are no good for this process. Yeah. Well, we've covered some interesting process down now. How do, the, how do the folks get in touch with you, CF? Sure, they can find us at iDefineTV.com. That's I-D-E-F-I-N-E-T-V.com. And feel free, we also be um, in tune if we have a webinar, if you want to be, get more information about the webinar, how we work, uh, you can go to iDefineTelevision.com forward slash backdoor. We want to show you the backdoor uh-huh. of the television. So <laughs> There's a backdoor of television. <laughs> yeah. So you too can extend your reach by going to a traditional medium. Uh, certainly, uh, we, we kind of do a little roundtable process here now. Mm-hmm. Looking at how you impact LinkedIn, Greg, I want you to focus just a little bit on her side of the table for a moment and talk about how video can be used in LinkedIn, and then CF respond about how you would help someone who was a LinkedIn hard charger to get a better positioning and maybe push themselves up channel. Mm -hmm. One of the cool things about LinkedIn, one of the new features is called native video. 
you have the ability to create a video with your cell phone or create a video with a professional device of some kind mm -hmm. and load it directly to LinkedIn from your desktop or your cell phone. So that's valuable. Uh, so that's one way you can create content on a less expensive way that you can use in sharing in other mediums. But video, I mean, people remember video more than they remember words, as you well know. Mm -hmm. And the attention spans are so short <coughs> nowadays that video tends to hold that longer than some of the other mediums, as, as you know about that. So, yeah, video is something I'm using more and more on LinkedIn to show myself as an authority. And the platform you're talking about would be a great opportunity to extend that outside of the LinkedIn hemisphere and get to other platforms. <laughs> That's right. Mexico and Puerto Rico, they're yeah, still in our yeah, yeah. We can get there. But the UK certainly would push us out. You know, which, uh, uh, CF, when you start looking at uh, the, the strategy of building someone's video pre presence globally mm -hmm. or even regionally in our hemisphere, how, what are some of the tools you use to do that? Well, mainly what we do, because, uh, again, we're mostly looking at the, the distribution part of it. So oftentimes here we do some video, and here we just partner up with an actual production company here in the North Cross area because we often ask, where can I get video work done? You know, I've done some video myself, but that's not the, the, the wheelhouse that I want to be in. Mostly this is distribution and syndicating it. Um, what people need to do mainly, we look at and what do they have to offer. We don't want to say everybody can come. Um, with iDefine TV, we're looking at content that's PG-13 because, again, we're building a, a, a brand mm -hmm. that's going to be something that everyone can come to, children, their parents we feel comfortable with. And that's a, a representation of everybody's brand on iDefine TV. So we look at the content. What are you sharing? Are you ready? Because not everyone is ready to present themselves in the media format and where it's lengthy. I remember years ago when I had first stepped into the whole media spotlight, we did a um, small business spotlight for the Atlanta Business Mentor. And I was really baffled in um, giving them the opportunity to do two minutes of content, just share who you are, create yourself as an expert. And a lot of people were kind of baffled. They didn't know how to give a two-minute um, tidbit. You are in finance, and you don't give it. You can't give two minutes. You want to give a, <laughs> a pitch? No. Give someone something they can bite off to, right. to see you as an expert. You know. And so the game is look at how they deliver. Are they ready? And are they savvy enough to present themselves as an expert? That's the key thing that we look at out of all things. If they're not ready, we just continue to say you're not ready to do it. Well, being ready to be prepared for whatever's next is important, right, Greg? Yeah, I was going to say, too, that passion comes across on video, and mm -hmm. passion is contagious. All right, we... Oh, sorry. And I agree with you, too. I was so excited when LinkedIn finally got that video game up. Oh. I'm looking like, oh, my gosh, because it was, <laughs> they were so kind of behind the eight ball on that. So that really makes a difference in that when you said that now. And then I want to talk about it, too. Instead of sharing a YouTube video, sharing it right on your own LinkedIn account, you can really see the analysts, seeing who's finding it and seeing what's going on, what type of companies and businesses are finding your content on LinkedIn compared to implanting something for YouTube. So I love the LinkedIn. So we've got a live question coming in from Facebook. We're actually, as we mentioned, we're streaming live today. So, Rich, you've got a question coming to us? Yeah, we have um, Daryl Fletcher here in just a second. But uh, first, just to follow up with uh, uh, Greg on um, – you mentioned earlier about posting personal versus a company. We have a company page, but we're not that active on there necessarily. So it uh, usually the message is driven from, from my account. But, but uh, if you post as a company, does that get the same, uh, you know, live feed on, on Facebook as is if, I mean, because on, on Facebook you either log in as your personal or your, your Facebook page. So how do you uh, post as a company? On, on LinkedIn because we have a company, you know, page. But when when I log into my account, it's just my personal account. Okay, 
because there's two kinds of pages on LinkedIn. There's two different strategies involved. Your personal page strategy is a daily strategy. Your company page for most small to medium-sized companies is maybe a couple of times a week strategy. Uh, well, I get that. I'm just talking about the mechanics okay. of how do I you know, log in and post from my company because it just, it's just a company profile. Okay. We have to create a whole other page just for... In other words, if you have a page for your name and you have a page for Pro Business Channel, right. uh, then you should be able, if you're an administrator on that company yeah, page to right. be able to have access to it. But okay. what but what I was going to tell you, though, when you post something on your company page, the only initial exposure it gets is by your followers. The true value of a company page is the employees of the company. Mm. They are the pipeline that gives you exposure. So Michael Moore, with his very strong activity on LinkedIn, creates great brand exposure for Pro, Pro Business Channel more than the company page could ever do on its own because on the business page, you can't build relationships either. Yeah, you only build true. relationships on the personal page. All and right. then a, a quick another one is on groups. We may not have time for this, but uh, uh, I'm very active in a number of groups. And when we pu uh, publish something or post it, we'll put it in those groups, and that gets um, a lot of traction because then they push it out to their audience, right? Yeah, groups you know? are sort of slowed down a little bit on LinkedIn. In fact, yeah. it's almost hard to find the group's location on the desktop anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, people join groups for three reasons as a general rule. One is they want to see if they can learn something from the group. Uh, or they want to make sure they uh, let people know they're an authority on the subject. But most salespersons, they join groups because they have the ability to see the name of everybody in that group. Talk about the ability to get some new names to go after for potential relationships. Groups is a great source. In fact, I belong to the digital marketing group, over one million members. I can see everyone's Ooh. name. Mm -hmm. That's a whole bunch of screenshots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, we have this question from Daryl Fletcher on uh, Facebook Live. He's asking, as a speaker, how can I use LinkedIn to uh, prospect? Well, first of all, LinkedIn is not so much about prospecting until you have your brand. If you really have a strong brand on LinkedIn, people will start coming to you. That's part of the success of growing your brand. People start inviting you, and you, you do less looking, and you do more responding to inquiries. But in the early stages, if you're trying to build your speaker relationship on LinkedIn, I'm going to suggest that you seek any opportunity you can to speak to a quality business-oriented group where you can get a photo of you speaking to that group that you can put on LinkedIn to show that people are engaged with your message. The photo should not be a close-up of you. Remember, it's not about you. It's about us. I want to see the audience more than I see you. I want to see who's engaged with your message. So that's the way you start growing your brand. That's the way I grew my brand initially. I spoke 75 times my first year. I sought almost every speaking engagement. Now, anything I've booked in the last six months to a year, they've all come to me. Mm. That's just the way it works. Okay, and a quick question for CF. Um, if you record your video on social media, uh, can you upload that on the platforms you're talking about on uh, uh, iDefine. iDefine or Yuku, Hulu, or Zappo or Zippo? <laughs> or <laughs> of course, we, we, we advise people to repurpose their content. So take it, if you already have it one place, of course, you can take it and use it for iDefine TV to reach another audience. Because then somebody over in um, Barbados may have not seen it because everyone that's not engaged with you on social media. So, of course. So okay. how do you define TV? I define, I define TV. TV. Exactly. There's another I. There is an I in I define TV. You know, I define it in terms like built by me, built by you. Yeah, I define TV is all about what you want to present yourself as. Well, it's, a good, it's a good brand. I think we give an A on branding there. Good I job. think we probably have a group on LinkedIn, right? I define TV group. 
No. Well, she's working on that after the show. And, um, <laughs> yeah, Apple's kind of picked up on that eye thing, too. Yeah, whatever. yeah I think, so they, I think they you're they on the right a track. lot of eyes. Uh, well, that concludes our line of questioning <laughs> from this corner <laughs> yeah. of the room, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll, we'll, get you, we'll get you back on the engineer uh, production <laughs> yeah. mode. But anyway, it is great to have uh, Greg Burkhalter, the, the, internet, uh, li- the internet specialist, the LinkedIn guy here, here who's been part of the BBA meeting this morning, had a great time. And CF, uh, you've been a, a trendsetter for me because I've seen you, gosh, six years doing what you're doing. You've really grown the product here in the marketplace of Atlanta, and you've serviced a lot of people in our hemisphere as well as around the world. So I thank you for both being back with us. I want to remind you that the Buckhead Business Association uh, sponsors this show each week, and we bring on people who will make an impact and a change in the Buckhead market. If you haven't scheduled a time yet to go to our annual luncheon, which is January 25th, we've got one of those international brands with us, I think, Porsche, right? Yes, that's correct. The president of Porsche is speaking with us uh, on January 25th. We'll be right over here outside our window at the Intercontinental Hotel. It'll be a great lunch, a great networking opportunity. We're always thankful for the Buckhead Business Association support and what we do for the Atlanta marketplace. So I'm Michael Moore. It's been good to be with you today. And uh, uh, for the rest of the season, have a good season here in the fourth quarter and make some changes in your business as we uh, sign off. Thank you for joining us and our guests on the Pro Business Channel. Use the social media links here to share today's show and stay tuned for the next episode of the Buckhead Business Show. Brought to you by the Buckhead Business Association.